Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. We've got the Super Bowl today. Yeah, that's a big deal. And uh, I have to be honest, I don't care who wins. That's why I'm not wearing any of the colors. And I am just here, but I do care who you care wins. So we're gonna do a quick little poll. I would love to hear from this group. If you're online, get ready to get in the chat. I wanna hear who do you want to win, the Buccaneers or the Chiefs? Are we ready? By a show of hands, by applause, by as loud as you wanna get in the chat, go ahead and get ready. Who's cheering for the Bucks? All right, I hope online came through because we've only got a few here in the room, but they're really loud. So, all right, who's cheering for the Chiefs? I'll be curious to find out. Definitely in the room, we've got the Chiefs. Now I have another question for you because it's so weird this year. It's like you could cheer for a certain team, but you might be cheering for a different quarterback. So we're gonna do one more poll. Real quick, who wants Tom Brady to win? All right, online, stay with us. Do you want Tom Brady to win? Who wants Patrick Mahomes to win? Okay, so it's, it's about the same. And okay, now here's where I get to enter into the poll. Who just cares about the food, the commercials, and the friends? Woo! All right, so we're ready for the Super Bowl. So excited for that. And guess what, at the end of the night, At the end of tonight, we're gonna know what quarterback won. We're gonna know what Super Bowl team won and how are we gonna know if they won. We're gonna know simply by who has the most points when the time runs out, right? That's how we're gonna know who the winner of the game is tonight. And in the next five weeks here at Prairie Heights, we're gonna take a look at what does it take to win in relationships. What does it really take to win in relationships? And the same as the Super Bowl, guess what? The Super Bowl is one game, and there's a lot required before that one game in order to win. And so sometimes you and I, we can look at all sorts of relationships from the outside. We can watch a clip of all these movies and and we can see what appears to be certain things about relationship, but there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, that goes into relationships and winning in relationships. So that's what we're gonna cover over this next five weeks. I'm excited to just give us a high level today as we gain clarity of what it really looks like to win. But before we do that, We really love to be competitive around here. I personally love to win. Today's not about me personally winning, but I'm gonna invite my friend Jesse up. Everyone give Jesse a round of applause. Come on up, Jesse. And as Jesse makes his way up, we're gonna do a little fun game over here. Uh, But before we do, Jesse, will you just share a little bit? How long have you been coming to Prey Heights? It's been about three, four years. Okay, three, four years, and tell us about, uh, you volunteer with our kids. Yeah, so, uh, serving the jungle, been doing that for a couple years, I'm the oldest of nine, so, um, 
it's just one of my favorite environments to be in. Um, have a good time doing it. Yeah, he is great with our kids. So good with our kids. Can we thank him for that real quick? Because that's a really big deal. You guys, Jesse is here all the time, loving and helping our kids know Jesus. So we're super thankful for that. Come on over, we're gonna play this game. All right, can everybody see? In a second here, Jesse, I need you to stand right here, okay? Uh, can everybody see, we've got a target here. Okay, you can see the target, right? Just making sure, right there, right in front of you. So all I need you to do, and I think they told you, like all you have to do is throw the football through the target. Okay? Yep. Right? Okay, before you do that though, they probably didn't tell you that we're gonna blindfold you. So hold on one second, because I forgot my blindfold for you. And I need you to put this on. It's still gonna be really easy, like you're probably gonna hit the target, don't worry. And if you don't, no one's gonna boo. But it's okay to boo, so. Are you gonna spin me around? I don't know, put the blindfold on. <laughs> All right, put your hands out. Here's your football, okay? And yes, I am gonna spin you around, okay? All right, here we go. One more time, one more time. All right. Okay, yep, so uh, everybody, what I need you to do, I need you <laughs> to yell, and we're gonna say, Jesse, Jesse, okay, ready? One, two, three, ready, go. Jesse. Okay, go ahead. All right. Diddy, you're close. Hold on one second. Let me go find that. You guys, this is the nine o'clock service. So, okay, ready? Put your hands up. There you go. Okay, now you can take your blindfold off. Take your blindfold off. Go ahead. You were not close. Okay. And now, what I want you to do is go ahead and try to go through. So your blindfold is off. This is the easy one, right? Yeah. Now just, okay, everybody, Jesse. Oh. oh. Okay, give him a round of applause. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Good job, good job. Okay, if you didn't get it, the point is, right, when... When we can't see the target, when we can't see where we're aiming, it's super hard to win. It's super hard to win when we can't see the target. How do we know that we're gonna get the football through the target? And when Jesse flipped the blindfold up, he could square himself up to the target, he could get straight on, and he had a better chance of getting that football right through the target. This series is based off, like Alex said, the book, Relationship Goals. And one of the things that Michael Todd said as he gets into this first chapter, and it really stood out to me, he says, many of us, we don't have our aim directed when it comes to relationships. We take whatever comes. We do whatever's comfortable. And then he writes this, he says, in relationships, we don't really know where we're going or why. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever reflected on your relationships and thought about like, was I really intentional? Was I aiming towards something there or did I just happen 
to be in relationship with a person? Do you know someone who maybe they just, they date anybody who's going to give them attention? Anyone who notices them or, or gives them attention, gives them compliments, all of a sudden they're dating them and they date many people and all the people who would give them attention. Do you know a married couple who has reduced their importance to each other is just really like, you know what, we're good friends. We're kind of roommates, just, you know, ships sailing in the night. Like we kind of just see each other every now and again, but we're just kind of passing through. And we become business partners though. Like we kind of work a little bit on our finances and you take that kid and I take that kid and sometimes we see each other. Do you know anyone who's been together for years? Like maybe they've been dating for years, but they've got no intention of moving forward towards marriage. There's no progress to that relationship, no focus, no target towards marriage. And could it just be that like we don't, we're unsure of what our target is. And, and the truth is all of us are going to have different targets. It depends on what season of life we're in. But could it be we just don't know what the target is? We're unsure of where to aim. <laughs> that, that's all it is, is we're just, we're not sure what that target is. It's just been random, you know, like shoot from the hip. <laughs> And whoever happens to be around us is who we happen to be in relationship with. Well, over the next five weeks, we're going we're gonna to work on setting some targets. We're going to work on aiming towards those targets, doing things that will actually help us hit the target. And most importantly, we're going to seek out, like, what did God intend in relationship? What were his intentions? And why did he set up some of the guardrails that he set up? And so... Hey, today, whether you're in middle school or high school, whether you're dating in your 20s, you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, you don't have a boyfriend or girlfriend, whether you have been divorced twice, whether you are someone who would say, oh, I'm just carrying a lot of baggage from my past. Like, I've just got a lot of hurt in some relationships, and I just, I keep carrying that baggage into every other relationship that I get into whether you've been married for 30 years, maybe today, maybe, maybe you're single, no matter what age. What we're gonna do is, we're gonna learn some things together because we're all in this together. I am in this, right in the middle of this with you. You're gonna get to hear some different stories from my husband Kyle and I and just some different ways that God has worked in our life and some bloopers and blunders of relationships that we've had in our relationship together. And here's what I think is going to happen. I really do. I think when we're done with this five weeks, not like a bunch of stuff is automatically going to change, but I just think that you and I might have a little bit more solid direction. I think we might just be like Jesse, where it was like, oh, I had a blindfold on. And then all of a sudden that blindfold went up and he could see, like he had a little bit where he could see. And I just, I want that for all of us. I, wanna, I want us to be able to see a little bit more clearly what the targets are so that we can win in relationships because that's what God wants for us. He wants us to win in relationship and we don't need to settle for average. Okay, 
middle school, high school, young adult, those who are not married yet. Like you don't have to settle for average. You don't have to settle. You can set standards. You can set really high standards and make some people jump through hoops before they get to date you. Like that's okay to do. And you know what? We don't have to be run over by hurt. If you've got a past, we're gonna walk through some things in this series that I just believe are gonna break you free. And we don't have to be distracted by the wrong things because the truth is that we all need help with our relationships, right? We all need help with our relationships. Uh, Let's dive into some scripture. The apostle Paul, he writes this letter to the church in Philippi and he's in prison. He's in prison while he's writing this letter. So uh, just imagine his circumstance Yet he writes with such direction and, and really his heart shows how, um, how we want to approach this series. So let's dig in. It says, uh, Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Here's what Paul says. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made. And that's like, we aren't, I'm not saying, we're not saying that we have this all together. <laughs> that it's like, oh, figured out relationships. Here's the one, two, three. That's not the way it works because it's relationships, and so we don't have this all together. They require so much humility, relationships do. But Paul says, but I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by, by no means do I count myself an expert in all this. And again, we just hear Paul humble himself, like I'm no expert. So we're gonna come through this series with a posture of humility. Paul says, but I've got my eye on the goal. Where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. And so he says, I've got my eye on the goal. I can see the target. I'm aiming towards something. He's sitting in prison, but he knows that that the goal is, is walking with Jesus and the goal is getting closer to Jesus. So he said, let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, And so today, no matter where you're at in relationship, there is zero doubt in my mind that God has more for you. Even if you would say like, I'm good and I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm super content being single, I believe God has more for you. If you've been married for 50 years and you're like, we've got this thing figured out, I believe even in that, like God has more for you. And Paul ends with saying, if any of you have something else, in mind. Something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. And so Paul kind of gives us a little bit of direction. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. And so I'd just love to say a prayer as we dig into the rest of the message today. Uh, God, would you help us to um, get rid of our blurred vision? God, would you help us to see clearly? God, I believe that you have something for us in this relationship series and and what that is is gonna be different for everybody. So God, would you meet every person exactly where they're at and God, would you help us, like our role in it is to just come to you and be humble. To say, God, I don't have this thing figured out and so um, I'm willing to, to not be defensive. I'm willing to say that I might not be right. I'm willing to say that um, 
I've got some work to do because we all want to win at relationships. And so God, would you help us? We pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. I really mean that. I pray that God helps all of us. And I know, um, I don't know all of your stories. I don't know all the things that have happened in your life. But I, I do know a few people, and I know a few stories, and I know my story, and I know my husband's story, and I know that relationships um, are really tough. And so why, why are we doing this series? Like, why does this really matter? It really matters um, for a variety of reasons, but I'm going to show you some prayer requests real quick. Listen to these prayers. God, I need your power to be a better father figure and husband. Give me courage to open up to you and break down walls. I need your help. I'm struggling with my sexuality. I pray that God empowers me to truly forgive the hurtful people in my past and present. Pray for a friendship I have. I do not know if this is a relationship God wants me to continue. This friend can be hurtful and manipulative. Pray for my partner and me to heal as we recover from infidelity in our relationship. Help us to know your will for us. And the last one, I'm going through a divorce with a toxic person. That's just a very small sample size of prayer requests that are from our church family. I read through pages and pages of prayer requests this last week, and I sat at my desk, and as I read through them, as I thought about, um, as just the ones that I read, I can personally relate with at least two of them. Those would have been my prayers in certain seasons. And I just started weeping. I just lost it because I believe God has more. And I cried because of the hurt that we all experience. I cried because of the pain that we can experience, the brokenness. And then in that moment, I just sat there and I prayed and I asked God, would you help us? Would you help all of us? Would you guide us? Would you help us to know what you want for us in relationship? Because I don't think that's the end of the story. I believe that God can meet each person in that prayer request, but I don't think that's the end of the story. God's heart for you and I and for our relationship is to win. I believe that he sees us having joy and restoration and healing and hope in relationship. And what would it look like if you and I just started setting some targets and we started aiming intentionally towards those targets? And as we did that, maybe we did things a little bit differently than we've done in the past. Maybe we shift our mindset a little bit from how we were behaving in the past because the truth is we can all grow in our relationships. We've all got a ways to go and we can all grow in 
our relationships. I know for me and Kyle, there's some real uh, heavy stuff that we're working on right now. And we're working on some stuff. You'll get to hear it later on. Some of it, not all of it. Come on. We're not going to share all the stuff. (laughs) But you'll get to hear a little bit of that in a few weeks. Um, And the only reason for that is just because we're in it together. Like, that's what we're doing here is we're in it together. But I got to tell you, every time that I see an older couple, like, holding hands, whether I see that on a commercial or a TV show or if we're out and about and I see an older couple that are holding hands, I just get butterflies in my stomach and I just kind of look at Kyle and I'm like, I just want that to be us. Like, I just want that to be us. That's, that's something that I want. And so go ahead and take a look at this clip. New at five, a Carolina couple has a lot to celebrate tonight. A Charlotte couple is celebrating more than eight decades of marriage. D.W. and Willie Williams have been married for 82 years. Wow. NBC Charlotte 7 West sat down with the Williams to find out the secret to longevity. (laughs) It's been a long time since D.W. and Willie Williams met in Newberry, South Carolina. (laughs) She's good looking. (laughs) <laughs> I felt the same. <laughs> the year was 1937, and although pictures from that day don't exist, the memories do. Yeah, I thought he was handsome yeah. at that time. <laughs> D.W. is now 103 years old. His bride right behind him at 100, and together they share one daughter, one granddaughter, and 82 years of marriage. People might not believe, but we have never been the type that will fuss and fight. We just find funny things to talk about. Speaking of, after 80-plus years, what do you talk about? It's my fingernail, whatever whatever bothers me. They can laugh about anything, but there is nothing funny about their devotion to each other and the man upstairs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. While they don't get out much, they do make it to church every Sunday in the front pew at First Mayfield Memorial Baptist. The good Lord was taking care of us. The couple says they don't have any secret to their longevity. All they have is love for each other and God, who they say is solely responsible for their 82 years together. Had not been for him, we couldn't have made it. And maybe a little love, too. Come on here. Huh? They still got it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things that you and I could gain in this world, of all the things we could accomplish, of all the things we could have on our to-do list, isn't that something worth aiming for? You know, a love so rich and so deep that You really believe when you're 100 years old that we didn't fight much? Yeah, right. Right? Like, it's so cute. And there's something that that does to us. 82 years. Can you imagine what they've seen in their life, what they went through? I'm going to take you through some decades. Here's some of the stuff that they have seen and experienced and the change that they have seen. In the 30s, the Great Depression. In the 40s, World War II. The 50s, what some would say the golden ages, color TV came in Disneyland. 60s, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. with I Have a Dream speech. And rock and roll was a thing. 70s, the Vietnam War. 80s, 
Pac-Man video game, Michael Jackson's thriller video, and in the 90s, the internet. Isn't it crazy? And now here we are in 2021, and the internet, and there's a lot of things that go along with that. Can you imagine? They've experienced all that, and they've walked through all that, and they've also witnessed a change in how we even treat relationship, right? I think they've experienced um, an evolution of relationship and what, what has been so normal over the past 80 years, what was maybe hidden or a little bit more private is now just out in the open. You know, uh, still today, and this has been for a long time, sex sells and anything that was private in that area is now public and out in the open. And, and this idea of commitment, this idea of commitment, it's almost, it's almost celebrated when people don't commit. It's almost like everything that, that we see and hear and the music we listen to and the movies that we watch, it's like, eh, if you wanna commit. And I don't know, like if we wanna aim for that kind of target, I don't know if we can go along with that. I don't think it's okay for us to to go along with that. Get this, the average marriage, no surprise to any of us, the average marriage lasts seven to eight years. The average marriage lasts seven to eight years. These guys made it 82. And I don't think anybody and this is, you know, no matter where you're at or what your story is, <laughs> there is no judgment here. So don't, there's no room for shame here. Where, whatever, wherever you're at, God is going to meet you where you're at. And we're going to bring a lot of hope into this. But we've got to grapple with the reality of the life and the culture that we live in. And I don't think anybody walks down the aisle and stands next to the love of their life day one, hoping that seven or eight years down the road they're divorced. I just don't think that's the case. And so what happens? What happens? Why don't marriages make it 60, 70, 80 years? And I don't know all the reasons why. I don't know all the things that happen. None of us do. But I do believe without a doubt that there is something, and I can, it's part of it's my story, and some of the different ways I thought before I knew Jesus. And when I met Jesus, I started to think some things a little different. And so there is something to getting to know Jesus and understanding why he would put some healthy boundaries and guardrails in our life. And it's because he loves us. And so uh, I think we should all start our aim with God's word. I think it's really important that we start our aim with God's word. God's word is never changing. The principles of God's word, everything that's in, this doesn't change every year. This doesn't change through the decades. Now, does the Holy Spirit speak to you differently through through God's word? Absolutely. But God's word and his instructions, they don't change. They don't change every decade. They're the same. They are unchanging. God's word is filled with guidance and guardrails that it can absolutely help us set better targets so that they can help us aim 
better and have some goals that would lead us to some thriving relationships in our life. And so we're going to dig in real quick to 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9. Oh, I'm sorry, 4 through 9. We're going to start with 4. <laughs> so verse 4, when God, who is the best shepherd of all, comes out in the open with his rule, he'll see that you've done it right and commend you lavishly. And you who are younger must follow your leaders. But all of you, leaders and followers alike, are to be down to earth with each other. For God has had it with the proud, but takes delight in just plain people. And so all that saying right there is like, if you're younger, some things that we talk about, you may be, you may be tempted to be like, oh, that feels really restrictive. Oh, I don't want to listen to that. My life is good. I would just invite you to be humble. Would you just be humble? And then older people, I think there's a tendency to, to, and honestly, if you do read this book, there might be some raw things in this book that turn you off because it's, it's just the reality of our world and it's what our middle school and high school and young adults, it's what they're going through and it's what our world is going through culturally. And I would just invite you, and some of you might be like, some might be on the category of it's too late We've already tried it, it's too late. And some might be in the category of like, I don't even wanna, like we're good, we're content. And again, God has more. So let's just come with a posture of humility and let's just say we're all gonna be in it together. Nobody's gonna be right. We're not doing this to be right. We're not doing this to be perfect. We're doing this to make progress. Uh, in verse six and seven, so be content with who you are and don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. And then it says, live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. God will bless you in his time. If you're impatient in a relationship right now, God's gonna bless that in his time. And so if you're impatient in dating, if you're impatient because you're single, if you're impatient and you're married and you're thinking about divorce, I would just, would you, would you pause would you pause for a minute and just lean into God? Let's do that together before you make any choices and lean into his timing. And God is most careful for you. He wants to set healthy boundaries. And we're gonna have a couple weeks in this series that we're really gonna talk about some healthy guardrails in, sing, in being single and dating and in friendship. And we really gotta lean into that. It's like, um, if you ask my husband, Kyle, we've got two kids. And our little girl, Izzy, she's one and a half and she's learning how to walk down the stairs. It's so frightening. I hate that stage. It's like, and I am, I am the mom who watch it. I see her take the first step and I'm like thinking she's at the bottom face planted. Like I see it all playing out. She's gonna trip on the stairs. And so I set up all these guardrails. I like teach her, hang on to the rail. And I hold her hand and I say, be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. I'm like the be careful queen in our house, which I know you can go too far with that. But I'm a loving parent, right? And I don't want my little daughter to get hurt. God is a loving parent and he doesn't want his son or daughter to get hurt. And so when you're single and you're wishing you were dating, he's like, oh, my son or daughter, I love you. You're okay. You're, be content in who you are. And 
when you're dating and, and maybe the dating gets a little difficult, God is saying like, I love you so much. I want to protect you. I want you to have a really healthy dating season so that you can have a healthy marriage because he's a loving parent. So he doesn't just set up guardrails and, and guidance and boundaries because <laughs> he does it because he wants the best for you. Jumping back, our, our last of these verses, eight and nine, it says, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only one plunged into these hard times. It's the same with Christians all over the world. So keep a firm grip on your faith. See, temptations are everywhere. Temptations are everywhere. And it's just important to keep our guard up. And what happens is when we get lonely or when we get isolated, that's the time when we're going to be most tempted. And so it's so important that we do life together, that we find some people who want to aim at the same targets. We've got to find some people who are going to come behind us and they're not going to just do what we, what we want them to do or tell us what we want to hear. They're really going to help build us up and help us grow. So we should be intentional about our aim because who you hang out with really matters. It really does. And where you hang out really matters. Be intentional about that because it affects where you're headed. It affects the targets you're after and it affects your aim. Throwing that football, it, depending on who you're around and where you're hanging out, it really matters. So don't go through life alone because you need God and you need others. And you need others who, like I said, they're going to spur you on and they're going to build you up. And they're going to tell you hard things. And they're going to help keep you accountable to the decisions that you want to make. It says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers much harm. That's why we do grow groups. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that everybody in your grow group is, is going to be, uh, we're all figuring it out together. But the fact is, is like we want to be in a group where we are talking about God. We're gonna provide an environment where we're gonna pray for each other. We're gonna talk about real things. We're gonna dive into a book that's actually gonna help us in our life. And it's gonna help us with our target and with our aim. And so I wanna encourage you, uh, if you haven't checked out groups, there's a lot of groups available right now that we have. If you don't see a group that, that meets um, what you need or what you're looking for, I would encourage you to reach out to us. Maybe it's time for you to lead or to grab some of your neighbors and just start gathering with your neighbors because now grab this book. Grab this book and grab three or four of your closest friends or your neighbors and start going through this book. And we'll put the label girl group on you. Like, it's that easy. The point is, we want you to be with people who are going to spur you on, who are going to help build you up. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together. We can't neglect meeting together. We got to be together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Okay, so we got the Super Bowl, right? We got the Super Bowl tonight. And um, uh, no surprise, uh, 
but I found this out, that it's going to be held in Tampa, Florida, at Raymond James Stadium, home of the Buccaneers. So the Bucks will be the first team in NFL history to have a home field advantage for the Super Bowl. That's an advantage. Like, that's a really big deal. Anyone, uh, I've been, I played basketball a lot of my life, and a home court advantage is a big advantage. Why is it an advantage? Well, it's unchanging. It's your locker room. It's your locker. It's your training room, your traditions, your everyday practice place. It's routine. You can stay at your house. You can get a good night's sleep. You can drive the same way like you do every other day. So it's a routine. And lastly, it's on most years, (laughs) it's filled with your fans. It's filled with the people who live close by who can get tickets. And so typically home field, home court means it's filled with your fans. So you and I, we, we want a home field advantage in relationships, right? That's what we want, is we want a home field advantage in our relationships. So we can do that. So I would just encourage us, plant our our roots in what's unchanging, and that's God's word. That's how we can make our targets. That's how we can start to aim, is start with God's word. Number two, start a routine. Pick a time and a place that you can spend some time with God every single day. Maybe it's in your car on your way to picking up groceries, on your way to work. Maybe for you it's at night and you find a spot in your house and it's a little corner. Maybe it's even a closet because that's the only space you can get away from everybody. And you just go spend time with Jesus. But make it a routine. Make it a routine. And then third, fill your life with fans. Fill your life with fans. You can't go through life alone. I can't go through life alone. So fill your life with some fans who... You know what, when you're going through a hard time or you're in an unhealthy relationship or marriage is really hard, that one, they're willing to hear the hard stuff and number two, they're gonna help direct you towards the targets that you want as you aim towards what God would want for you. So fill your life with fans. This series is, is really important and it really matters. It matters that we talk about real relationship, that we talk about what's really going on uh, in everybody's life today in this world and in our culture. And I just believe that God is gonna um, meet each and every one of us and that we're gonna see some ways that God is gonna move. And my prayer is that our relationships, <laughs> we can find hope and joy and restoration as we journey through together. So let me say a prayer for us. God, uh, thank you so much for who you are, God. I thank you for today. And I thank you, God, for how... Um, how you're bigger, how you're greater, how you want more. Like all of us, we could desire more, but take that desire times 100, and like that's your desire for all of us. And so would you help us, um, at this point, would you just help us be honest about our relationships? Would you help us to, one, be honest, and two, invite you in? Like, can we just say, God, will you come into it? This isn't meant to be a fix it, but God, would you come in and would you just help us and would you guide us and would you allow us humbly to journey through this together? We pray all this in your name, amen. 
Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com slash give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.